Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. for a look back on today's match. This is the Full-Time Report with the voices of our Atlanta United, Mike Conti and Jason Longshore. Today's game is brought to you by Equifax. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. AT&T, more for your thing. That's our thing. The Home Depot, with more ways to help you take out your home projects delivered right to your door. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Dunkin' Donuts, conquer the season with Dunkin's new Atlanta United Donuts. Piedmont Healthcare and Ford. The home for MLS in Atlanta. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Here's the voices of our Atlanta United, Mike Conti and Jason Longshore. A 1-1 for all Atlanta United and Inter-Miami. Let's go down to Fort Lauderdale. Greg Heinz is already at the podium. The first half, we should score more. The second half has cost for many reasons. The maintaining that intensity. We struggle to keep this intensity. Eh, hemos pagado el poco descanso y la temperatura que es algo que, que es muy difícil de, de poder recuperar ¿no? en un partido. Also, we struggled with the, with the temperature and the short, uh, short amount of time of recovery after the last game. Next question will go to Felipe. Gracias, Gabriel. Eh, totalmente de acuerdo. Fue un partido de dos tiempos, pero en el primer tiempo Atlanta usó toda la cancha. Fue, fue impresionante la manera de, de entender el posicionamiento. Además del, del calor que, que se notó, que fue difícil, ¿qué, qué cambió en el segundo tiempo eh, en ese aspecto? El posicionamiento del equipo, quizás, el, y la posesión. Just about what changed in the second half. Sí, es... Es exactamente eso, pero no, el equipo no, posicionalmente no cambió. El equipo eh, Sí, creo que lo, los esfuerzos eran, no que no querían hacer el esfuerzo, pero eh, no podían. Y cuando hacías ese esfuerzo y recuperábamos, debíamos tener el balón. Next question will go back to Doug. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, 
the team seemed to struggle again defending set pieces. Uh, Leandro Gonzalez Perez had a free header in the first couple of minutes, and you know a couple of other examples. In your opinion, what is happening with the set piece defending right now? Dice que el equipo le costó defender las pelotas paradas, que Leandro González Pires tuvo una ocasión. Y en tu opinión, ¿qué es el problema en las pelotas paradas? Es verdad que hoy sufrimos eh, en ese aspecto. Today we struggled in this aspect. Eh, ellos tenían seis jugadores en área. They had uh, six players inside the box. Eh, muchísimo más, con muchísima más altura que nosotros. They were, uh, they were taller than us. Eh, contra eso es a veces muy difícil de pelear. Against this, it's, it's hard to, to compete. Posiblemente porque yo elijo jugadores eh, para otras cosas y no para las, los balones parados. Probably because I, I pick players uh, more to play, not that for the set pieces. Lo importante es, es tratar de que no hacer faltas. Uh, we, need to, like, we need to try not to, uh, to commit any, any foul. Porque sabíamos que íbamos a estar en... en, en, en y vamos a estar eh, con velocidad importante en, la, en los balones parados. And we wanted not to, uh, to commit fouls because we knew that we would be like a, a problem for us. Igualmente, creo que los jugadores allá dentro del área han, han luchado. But they believe that the players inside the box, they have, they have been fighting. Porque hay una sola cosa que el que haga, usted lo nombra. There is one, one specific thing, like a winner, as you mentioned. Primero estaba emparejando con, con su... Estaba emparejado. First, everybody was like man to man. Y segundo, no lo ha anticipado, le ha ganado por detrás. Esa es calidad de él. Like a, it was a good movement because he anticipated he moved uh, his back. Entonces eso es más calidad de que de, del jugador que gana, ¿no? Like it means like he has more skills in, the, in this aspect than the other. Y no es un problema que el que defiende. It's not a problem of the defender. Okay. Uh, Gabriel Heinze and uh, his assistant coach, Pedro Matias Labias, who is translating for him this year uh, with his postgame remarks from Miami, where Atlanta United played Inter-Miami to a one Draw. Look, Heinze brought it up, and it's something we talked about. You could tell conditions were having an impact as the second half went along, and Heinze brings up you have to play Tuesday, turn around and play Sunday. I, I, I totally get all that. It was uh, pretty obvious that Atlanta United was running out of gas in the second half, and um, Inter Miami, unfortunately for Atlanta United, was able to capitalize with their 77th minute goal. Yeah, I mean, you ran out of gas, and you needed, as Heinze said, you needed a second goal in the first half to put this thing away when you still had some freshness. You weren't able to control the game in the second half the same way. Now, Miami made good substitutions as well. Federico Higuain, you know he can't play 90 minutes every match at this point. They picked the minutes for him where he could do the most damage, and he caused Atlanta a lot of problems. This is not a full-strength Miami side. It's not a full-strength Atlanta side either. And the conditions changed the game as it went on. Miami looked more tired earlier on, but they kind of found their legs when Atlanta lost theirs. Atlanta's got to find a way to close these games out. You know, that's that's the next step here is being able to play tired and be able to close that game out. It's an individual breakdown where you give up the goal. Yeah, and uh, this is four consecutive competitions now where you've conceded in the second half to lose points, either to, to lose a match outright or uh, a draw. Now, Tuesday night in Philadelphia, that was different. You're, you're pushing everyone up in the ninth minute because you're still needing two more goals and you, you give up one on the back end. So that is a little bit different. But, uh, you know, just raw numbers are, are telling you right now that it has become 
uh, unfortunately, a little bit of an issue here over the last four competitions for United. But I'm going to point out again, Atlanta United's played eight matches this year, more than half on the road, and they have results in six of those eight matches. They've played five matches on the road this year. They have results in four of them. You only have two points right now separating first from ninth in the Eastern Conference. So Atlanta United could go into the bend Saturday night beat Montreal and possibly be top of table in the East. They aren't losing any ground right now uh, with these draws. But obviously this was a disappointing draw today because you had a lead with 15 minutes to play. The man of the match brought to you by Heineken. Brooks Lennon had two shots today. Uh, Joseph had three to lead the team. Brooks had two. One was on target, but it was the chance creation by Brooks that really jumps off the page. Atlanta United had ten key passes in this match today, and Brooks Lennon had Half of he also had three interceptions. He won a tackle. He was very dangerous throughout. Only five misplaced passes, four good crosses out of seven. He was an obvious focal point of the way this team is trying to hack right now. We saw the same sequence that we saw from Tuesday multiple times where you work the ball down the left to switch it to the right to Lennon in a 1v1 where he can put in a dangerous ball. That was effective today as well. It's it's a situation where I thought the attack was better for 45 minutes, better than we've seen it outside of the 45 against Philadelphia in the first half, but you couldn't sustain it over time. So Brooks Lennon, the man of the match, brought to you by Heineken. The statistical recap brought to you by Piedmont, official health care partner of Atlanta United. Shots, remember, this was a 1-1 match. Shots were 16-14 to Miami. Shots on target 6-5 Miami. Miami had 14 shots from inside the box. Atlanta United had 11. Ken, this was a 1-1 match. Both goalkeepers made some pretty big saves, too. Miami had nine corners. Atlanta United had only two. That's a little concerning. Inter-Miami conceded 25 fouls. So the (laughs) Diego Alonso style was back today for Inter-Miami. Atlanta United conceded 15. Possession was 62-38. Atlanta United, that did become a little bit more even in the second half, Atlanta United winning 51% of the duels, passing at 90%. Uh, and the key passes, the chances created in the match were 12-10 Miami. So that is the statistical recap. Piedmont will have highlights coming up. If an Atlanta United player uh, materializes at the podium, we'll hear from him as well. And uh, we'll also continue to take your questions and comments on Twitter, at MikeConti929 and at Longshoe. More of the full-time report in a moment as Atlanta United and Inter-Miami play to a 1-1 draw on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back with more full-time report on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Atlanta United and Inter-Miami playing to a 1-1 draw this afternoon in Fort Lauderdale. We'll go back to Drive Pink Stadium now. Brad Guzan is uh, going to be at the podium in a moment, uh, so we won't go there yet, but uh, we'll get Brad's thoughts in a moment. We're also going to have the highlights in a moment. Uh, look, I mean, I understand why people are, are disappointed. I'm disappointed. When you have a lead with 15 minutes to play, you want to see that out and get three points. Other teams trying to win, too. does happen that way. Uh, but I, I'm going to say it again. I'm going to probably be challenged on this tomorrow when I get pressed, as I usually do on the morning show. I'll probably have to deal with this all week. Um, Atlanta United has played eight matches, five on the road this year. Atlanta United has only lost one of those eight matches. And uh, they have not lost on the road. So, How many matches has Miami played this season? Uh, they have played four. How many matches has Atlanta United played this season? They have played eight. 
I wonder why one team looked fresher in the second half. Yeah, no, it makes total sense. In the sense. same period of time. I, I And look, I, I don't think – I think of all the um, no, no, I, complaints I, that are out there, I, I don't think that's one that, that – but, but that's being thrown away in this. That's the well, problem I, is yeah. is what happened today is being used to try to create a narrative about big, massive problems and this and that, which just aren't there. You know, this isn't 2020 anymore. This is a different manager, a different roster, a different way of playing. It's not 2020. You can't even include that in the conversation at this point unless you're looking well, for something to be negative about. Well, who scored the goal today for Atlanta United? Well, there's that guy who's did he, back. Did, did he play in 2020? I, I, I didn't take couple my brain, of games. Didn't couple take of games my brain pills today, but, I mean, I, I don't remember him playing all but 69 minutes in league play last year. Yeah, look, but, it's it, the problem is today you should have had a second goal when you were fresh. And, and, and Gabriel Heinze said that earlier. If you missed it, it was at the very beginning of the full-time report. You'll see it in his uh, media availability. You had an opportunity to put the game away in the first half. You didn't. 1-1. One, one, Feels like the right result. They were the better team in the second half. Atlanta was the better team in the first half. They canceled each other out, ultimately. Atlanta had chances to put the game away. So did Miami. Brad Gazan kept Miami from doing it. Here, and here's Brad now. He's made it to the podium. Smith with the first question. Hi, Brad. Um, just want to know what the feeling was like in the change room at halftime after Joseph got his goal. Yeah, um, I mean... On a personal level, we're obviously extremely happy for him and excited for him. But at the same time, the competitiveness of the game is is burning inside of you. And we know the job the job wasn't done and we still had 45 minutes to play. So, um, you know, you say, well done, you, you're, you're happy for him. But at the same time, you're, you're focused on, on trying to make sure we're ready to go in the second half. Next question to Doug. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Brad, did you get a hand on that shot by Higuain that re- that the referee said was a corner kick? All the Miami players were saying on that play. It's not clear what happened. Uh, I'm not sure exactly which one you're talking about, but if it's the one I think you're talking about, I think Miles got a touch on it, a toe. Okay. Uh, is the, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Next question to Joe Patrick. Uh, hey, Brad. Gabrielle said that it was kind of a you know a game of two halves, and that the second half you guys were kind of just worn down energy wise. Is there anything that you can pinpoint that you could have that the team could have done better in that second half to try to preserve that lead, or was it kind of uh, faded to to end up that way? I guess. No, I mean, listen. <laughs> the first half we were good. We we exploited space. We. We followed what we wanted to, to do in terms of the game plan. Uh, the second half, um, you know, we, we turned the ball over unnecessarily. Uh, silly turnovers in, in, bad, in, in bad spaces, in bad places. And when you look at their chances today, you know, one, you know two or three in the first half um, where we've, we've gifted the ball to them. You look at the goal, you gift them the, the ball off of our free kick. Um, and even so, another one or two chances in the second half where we, you know, the, the chance with, with Higuain uh, Gonzalo, um, you know, where a missed pass and next thing you know, he's in on goal. So we, we need to be sharper with the ball, regardless if, if we're tired and 
Um, that comes from mentally being sharp, physically, of course, being sharp, um, and, and, and making sure we're secure with it. Next question to Felipe. Hey, Brett, two questions. Uh, Phil Neville just said that it was absolutely a penalty, the, the play between you and Ujoa. Um, when you kind of came out, it uh, looked like a 50-50 chance between you and him. Just what do you remember about that play? Yeah, he said the same thing to me walking off the field. For me, it's not a penalty, obviously, but if you make a, if you make the save, if the goalkeeper makes a save with his arms extended, which, which happened, which I believe then the ball ends up going over the end line uh, behind me, right? But my arms are still extended. If I don't make a play on his legs or, you know, trying to pull him down, which is not the case because I'm not looking at him. I'm ultimately looking back at the ball. Um, but if you make the save and your arms are still extended and he then trips over my legs, I, I, I you know, I've, I haven't seen it back. But for me, I, I don't think that's a penalty. And, and that's exactly what the referee had said to me. Because obviously they're all complaining about a penalty. Um, you know, listen, I, I think if, if you give that as a penalty, uh, I don't know what the goalkeeper is meant to do because you, you can't extend your arm, make a save, and then bring your arms back in, um, especially if, if you're spreading for a 50-50 ball. So, yeah, I, I, I disagree with him. All right. Well, well said there. Um, that's a good quote. Um, oh. <laughs> then also, you you said last year, I remember when Joseph was out and, and a lot of different forwards were kind of playing in that role that what was really missing was like that killer instinct inside the box, that ability to finish, that just to play, you know, to be clever inside the box. Joseph showed that in that goal. Um, he's perhaps he's not 100 percent back, but how, how important is that type of mentality inside the box? Yeah, I mean, it's it's huge, but I think more importantly, it's huge for him to to get to get on the score sheet from a confidence standpoint. Um, as you said, I, I think everyone knows he's probably not 100%. I think he's admitted that, uh, but he's working his way back to 100%. Um, you know, we've told him, uh, I've told him to, you know, take it one game at a time, um, gain that confidence with every play, with every turn, with every challenge, every tackle. Um and, and, and now we can say every goal because I, I thought he took the goal fantastic, uh, fantastically well. Um, you know, to, to take a touch, almost kill the ball right there and, and turn and, and shoot. Um, that shows you where his mentality is at in terms of putting the ball in the back of the net. So hats off to him for sure. Next one, Chris Smith. And how quickly do you think it'll take this team to get close to replicating that first half performance over 90 minutes now that there's just MLS play to focus on and, and no CCL? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, some of us were, were, were talking about that. I mean, you look at some of the CCL teams in terms of, you know, coming off of their performances, uh, you know, midweek and whatnot, um, and, and it's been a bit of a rough go. Um, so, you know, although we're not over the moon with, with, with the draw today, um, you know, you, you look at the big picture and, and now it's down to us to, to turn our focus and attention to getting fresh legs, making sure that we, we clean up any injuries or, or any um, you know, niggles that we have that are, are lingering around, that, that guys have the time now to, to get healthy. And um, with, with that going on, and you then give yourself extra days to, to be on the training pitch to... Um, to understand the concepts of, of what we want to do. I, I mean, 
I think after the, I think it was the water break, we then made the change in terms of personnel. Um, and, and I think you started to see a little bit, uh, a little bit of disjointedness. Um, and, and that's on us as a group to, to make sure that when guys come on and, and we change things uh, on the field, that, that we have an understanding of what's happening. Okay, Brad Guzan's comments from Fort Lauderdale. No doubt that will help. I, I, I think now we're really going to see Atlanta United, fortunately, getting weeks, like six, seven-day spans between matches uh, and being able to play at home next week and then in Seattle, which hopefully will not have hot weather uh, in two weeks, and then home again uh, a little after that. Hopefully that will help. Hopefully that will help. I, I don't think there's – there's much doubt that that was a factor. Let's get to the highlights. You've heard a lot of questions asked about Joseph opening his 2021 goal-scoring account, so let's get to that right here. It's the hot play of the match brought to you by Scanner. Atlanta United will attack again. Joseph Martinez involved with it now, along with Brooks Lennon. Now here's Mulraney on the right, attacking third, dropping it back to Lennon. Ahead it goes to Mulraney again, about 25 yards from goal. Square to Hindman, top of the 18, ahead to Joseph in the box. Turn, shot, score! Father is back! And Joseph Martinez gives Atlanta United the early 1-0 lead. I think a lot of the questions that we've heard Opposed to Tata, opposed to Brad Guzan, Jason, have been, oh, well, how great was it to see Joseph finish? But I think that's kind of burying the lead a little bit. It was a really good team goal that also involved Emerson Hyman and Jake Mulraney, who got assists on it. And Brooks Lennon. It was good play on the right side where Hyman became the third option. That opened it up. Hyman plays it into Joseph but continues his run, which gives Joseph just a little bit more space to work with because Shawcross – dropped off of him because of Heinemann's run. Joseph turns, hits the shot. You saw him play with more confidence after that. That's the hot play of the match brought to you by Scana. For over 20 years, Scana Energy has made it easy for Georgians to receive the best natural gas rates and excellent customer service. Call 877-467-2262 to sign up today. After that goal was scored by Joseph, Inter-Miami was getting into some very dangerous spots, and for about 15 or 20 minutes, uh, they appeared to be very, very close to equalizing, including, and Brad mentioned this play uh, back in the first half, kind of a gift served up to Gonzalo Iguain, where Brad had to make a huge 1v the keeper save. Clearing ball down the right wing, flicked by Uyoa up to the halfway line to Morgan. Then it rolls to Pizarro. Pizarro is dug down by Sosa. Advantage play again, Inter-Miami. It's played down the right wing to Morgan. Here's a cross to the penalty spot. Iguain shot. Oh, and it's saved by Guzan. What a kick save. Iguain was wide open at the penalty spot, and Guzan makes an amazing save. Out for a quarter. Really was a big save by Brad, and it kept Atlanta United up. 1-0 at halftime. The second half, you mentioned the uh, Brad mentioned the drink break may have been a turning point in the match. Inter-Miami looked really, really good out of the drink break. In fact, it was only five or six minutes after that break uh, where they got this goal that started on an Atlanta United free kick to equalize at one. DeJohn takes the free kick and plays it right to an Inter-Miami player. Back the other way now, Inter-Miami. Victor Oyoa coming down the right side. Federico Iguain overlapping. Oyoa into the box. Takes a shot and scores! And Inter-Miami has equalized in the 78th minute. Lewis Morgan evens it at one. And Inter-Miami is right back in the match. 
Okay, take us through it because um, it was, as I said, it was a free kick right to an Inter-Miami player, but it was also 65 yards from goal when yeah, got maybe, the ball. Yeah, maybe further than that. Um, it, it's a giveaway you don't want to have. Alex DeJohn kind of rushes it, tries to hit the ball. I'm assuming in the air trying to hit a big switch there that really wasn't necessary at that point. So that's a mistake. But then on the break when Morgan receives the ball in space, Bello is defending Morgan, which is what you would expect, the right winger and the left back. He is standing him up. Federico Higuain makes an overlapping run to the outside of Morgan to the corner. Santiago Sosa is tracking back, I'm assuming, with Federico Higuain. Bello gets caught, and I don't know, and, and you're going to have to ask Bello and Sosa this, did Bello say, you take him, I'll get Iguain? Did Sosa say, no, I've got him? Did Bello just get caught the same way that Shawcross got caught with Heinemann's run and gets caught flat-footed? We don't know, but it's a mistake there, and it was the movement from Federico Iguain that allowed Morgan to go in between. Sosa can't get there. Bello's caught. And Morgan buries the shot. And then Inter-Miami had two penalty shouts, uh, one involving Miles Robinson and a potential handball. The other that was described by Brad Guzan, uh, that incident with uh, Uyoa where Brad kind of spilled a rebound and uh, it came out to Uyoa, Brad trying to uh, gather the ball and tripped up Uyoa in the process. Here is a replay of one of those two entanglements, and uh, we'll try to sort it all out from here. McCarthy playing it all the way into the attacking third. It's a long run for Gonzalo Iguain, and he's going to win the ball over Miles Robinson in the near corner. Then he puts a low percentage cross, and that's volleyed right to Guzan, spills the rebound, and then Guzan going for the second ball, takes down an Inter-Miami player at the edge of the sixth. There will be no penalty. They plead for it, but they're not going to get it. Guzan has just as much right to the ball as the attacking player, and that is the call. Ulloa is not going to get the penalty. That's what Brad said. What's the goalkeeper supposed to do in his situation? Reflecting on it now and with what Brad said, do you still think they got that right? Yeah, I I thought it happened the way that Brad explained it. You know, it's a situation where it's long ball over the top. Robinson gets there, his touch to the outside. Gonzalo Higuain's kind of waiting for that touch. He pounces on it and just floats in across the backside, hoping somebody will be there. Victor Ulloa was. He doesn't take the shot very cleanly. But Gazan spills the rebound, and as he spills it, he's coming out for the ball. Uyoa's coming for the ball. Brad Gazan gets to the ball. He makes a play on the ball. He gets the ball. I don't know how there's a complaint about a penalty from Phil Neville. He gets the ball. He doesn't go at the player. He doesn't go through the player. He doesn't go in studs up. None of the things that would overrule getting the ball. He comes out as a goalkeeper, arms out, gets the ball. It's not a penalty. And the match would end there, uh, even at one. Both clubs now 1-1-2, one, one, and two, both on five points. Atlantic United seventh in the East, but only two points out of first. Inter-Miami ninth in the East, but again, also only two points out of first. We'll take your questions and comments on Twitter after this. Send them in at Mike Conti 929 And at Longshoe, we'll have more of the full-time report coming up in a moment on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Should be it. That is it. Full time. This is the full time report on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Atlanta United enter Miami playing to a 1 1 draw this afternoon here on the full time report. With uh, every clean sheet this season, Atlanta United donates $2,000 to Children's Health Care of Atlanta. This year's donation total 
currently $2,000. Okay, uh, let's go to your questions and comments on Twitter. Michael Bucklew says, uh, nice performance, but lucky to get out with a point. Second halves have got to be better, which may happen with CCL over and more rest. And that's a point that I think Heinze and Brad Guzian were both trying to make this afternoon. Yeah, you've you've got to finish games better, and you've got to have the legs to do it. I, I think you should have finished this game in the first half. That was the same thing that we ran into in the Philadelphia match, same storyline where you have a good half. This time you get a goal to show for it against Philadelphia in the first leg of CONCACAF. You didn't get a goal to show for it, but you didn't make the most of your best play. This is a team that right now is not playing its best for 90 minutes. It's typical early in a season. It happens to everybody. But what they're doing is where they're not producing goals, they're giving the opponent an opportunity to get back in it because this is also a team that's going to play on the front foot, get numbers forward, risk going to try to win the game. That's the way they're going to play. That's not going to change. So when you're not producing doing that, you're always bringing in that one mistake that can hurt you the other way. Yep. Can't have it both ways sometimes. Um couple people, Trombone Steve and at ATM, are um, throwing their uh, criticism in the direction of Santiago Sosa today. I won't read either tweet in their entirety, but uh, do you have a response to that? I've, I've seen that going around a few places. Uh, Santiago Sosa has been your best player this season, in my opinion, overall. Um, did he have his best match in an Atlanta shirt today? No, he did not. But Santiago Sosa did this. He had four misplaced passes out of 65. He was 4-4 on the long ball. Duels, he only won 4-12 on the ground. That's low for him. He did win his one aerial duel. He committed four fouls. He was a little late at times. I think the fatigue was setting in for him. He won four tackles. He was dribbled past twice. He had an interception. He blocked a shot. He had a mistake on the goal. And that can be on Sosa, that can be on Bello, and DeJohn started the whole thing. But Santiago Sosa has been outstanding. I don't know why it is the whiplash of now he was awful. He was nowhere near awful in this match. I'm sorry. You go 61-65 passing, you win four tackles, you do what he did on the field. No, it's not awful. Did he make a mistake on the goal? Yeah, he did. I think Bello made the bigger mistake because Bello has Morgan in front of him. Sosa's trying to catch up to him, and Bello stepped over for well, the run. And I don't think there was a singular mistake on the goal. I mean, Dijon made a mistake. Sosa made a mistake. Bello made a mistake. They all made mistakes. I think Bello's mistake was the biggest. But outside of that, I don't know what the complaint is on Sosa, to be perfectly honest. there was, Now, there was a moment, uh, and even Brad mentioned this, and I think it was in the – Yeah, he had a giveaway in a bad spot. Uh, to Iguain, right? I can't mm-hmm. remember which half it was. First but half. That, that felt like a communication error more than anything else, that uh, maybe someone needed to communicate to Santi that he was not out of danger. He made a mistake, and it's going to happen. And every player on this team will make a mistake like that because you are one-on-one a lot of times. Sosa, at that point, was in a bad spot. He needed to play it quicker. He wasn't able to. He had a giveaway. He recovered. The team recovered. That's going to happen. Every mistake that is made by a player in an Atlanta shirt is not the end of the world. And that has to be understood. If you're going to play this way, and this was what everybody said they wanted when Gabriel Heinze was hired. They looked at what San Jose has done under Matias Almeida. They make a lot of mistakes. Individual players make mistakes. You watch Leeds and Marcelo Bielsa's team. 
individual players make mistakes because they're put in positions where it's one-on-one a lot of times. Same with Pep Guardiola and Manchester City's teams. It happens. It's not the end of the world, and one mistake doesn't mean he's a bad player now. No. I do not understand the whiplash at times that we're seeing on a player in Sosa who has been brilliant in seven games, and he wasn't bad today. No, I agree. Uh, Kevin from Charlotte says he does not think we have the talent on the roster to win many games. It looks to be a grinder this year, so he is proclaiming the season to be over already. I I told Kevin it feels like it's a little early for that kind of proclamation. You've played eight games now in about a month's time. Maybe a little bit over a month now. About six weeks. I don't know if it's even six. I think it might be like five. You've played a lot of games. It'll be six weeks on Tuesday. Okay. You've played more games, twice as many games as Miami's played in the same period of time, competitive games. And it showed in the second half. Do I think this team is talented? Yes. I think Santiago Sosa, which before the game started, people were talking about he's not going to be here very long because he's going to go to Europe for a whole lot of money. I don't think that's changed now. Uh, everybody has talked about Eric Lopez and how good of a player he is, and he's still learning. He was better today than I thought he was in the second leg against Philadelphia. Everybody's down on Marcelino Moreno now. Brooks Lennon was outstanding today. Bello was very good except for that situation where he made a mistake. Miles Robinson made a mistake. He was also very, very good today. Anton Walks was very solid today. This is a good team. This is a team that is not 100% without Ezekiel Barco at the moment. Jurgen Dom. Can't keep his hamstring from getting injured. That's happened consistently since he arrived. Alan Franco is still getting embedded into the team, learning this way of playing because it's very different than what he came from at Independiente. This is not a fully formed team yet. Yeah, and it's, again, a team that's played eight matches and has results in six of them. Like That, that really doesn't feel bad to me, but uh, what do I know? Apparently not much, according to some people out there. Right there Uh, with you. Yeah. Um, Anyhow, look, I will say this. Um, If if the people out there who are frustrated want me to agree with them on anything, I I would just say this, that if the, the look of things is still unsatisfactory after You've had a sequence now. We're going to play some home matches. You're going to have a full week between matches. You, you can't really blame conditions or or um, lack of training time or match compression. Then I think maybe we could have a different discussion. But I think it's just way too premature right now. I would also say that it is wildly unfair to be looping this team in with the 2020 team. Yeah. It, it's just two completely different situations, com- two completely different sets of personnel, two completely different technical staffs. Uh, I don't believe that is a fair comparison, and I, I don't think it's fair to be looping in this group with the 2020 team. That 2020 team was without its most impactful player for all but its first four competitions. I don't think that's fair. Eight, eight matches in five-plus weeks, even nine, ten, eleven matches do not define a whole season. They just don't. If you're going to play bad soccer, which is what, Everybody has said they don't want to see. And I'm talking about the fan base. I'm talking about the local media. They don't want to see a team that is simplistic and bad soccer. Okay? You can't create good soccer in a couple of months and a lot of games in a short period of time. It takes time to get where you want. You're always building upon what you've done. 
You have to be able to consistently get better as the year goes on. If you're playing your best soccer a month into your season, your best soccer is not very good, period. Okay, now Atlanta United goes into not only having a full week to prepare, but a situation where they're going to have a fitness advantage, it would appear, in their next match Saturday night against Montreal because Club de Foot has got to play midweek at Miami. So we will look ahead to Saturday's match, the next one for Atlanta United against Montreal right after this as Atlanta United and Inter-Miami play to a scoreless draw this – or it's not scoreless, 1-1 draw this afternoon on the full-time report on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back, 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 back to the full-time report. The home for our Atlanta United is Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. United, the Inter-Miami play to a 1-1 draw this afternoon here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Now, Atlanta United gets uh, six days to rest, and they will not have to travel. And Like I said a moment ago, their opponent this coming Saturday, Montreal, has to play midweek in Miami. Uh, now, granted, Miami is their temporary home right now. They're sharing the training ground and the uh, – uh, stadium of Inter-Miami. I think it's a Montreal home game, but I'm not positive. Uh, but they're going to have to play midweek and then travel to Atlanta. Atlanta United's going to be home all week. Uh, so a couple things can happen here, Jason. Obviously, the rest will be very important. I'm sure a regen day coming up tomorrow. You hope maybe you can get some of your injured players healthy. It looks like Mo Adams might be the closest among the injured players to come back right now. Uh who knows, though? Maybe Barco, maybe Jurgen Dom. We'll, we'll probably learn more about that later in the week. But it's an opportunity against Inter-Miami, who just lost 2-0 to Vancouver and has to play midweek. Uh, Montreal got off to a really, really good start, and they have really tailed off. Uh, I don't know if Mason twice hurt or just not playing right now, but he did not play against Vancouver yesterday, and you could tell they really missed him. Yeah, Mason Toy got off to a hot start. Uh, Mason Toy is not the – the, the player that anybody expected to be carrying Montreal. I think Jordi Mihailovic has been very good for Montreal so far, but this is a team that surprised everybody with how good they were early on. Last night, their, their loss, or yesterday afternoon, their loss in Utah against Vancouver felt a little bit more like the Montreal we expected coming into the season. That midweek game against Miami, even though there's not travel for them, it's still 90 more minutes. Atlanta United has to do what we've talked about throughout this full-time report. They have to take it to Montreal early, and they have to put the game away early. Don't let them hang around to where one mistake can cost you points. Which is what happened today. But fortunately, you'll be playing in your home park. Uh, We'll hope the weather gods will cooperate a little bit. The roof will be open, but hopefully the weather will be mild. And again, Atlanta United will have a full week now to try to work on some of the things that – Seem to be heading in the right direction. It feels like they're very, very close, but we will see what happens on Saturday. We'll be on the air 6.30 for the Five Stripes Countdown Saturday evening on Sports Radio 92.9. The game at 7 o'clock will be the kickoff, so we hope you will join us for that. Our producer today, Dylan Matthews, our engineer, Miller Pope. For Jason Longshore, I'm Mike Conti. Again, Atlanta United and Inter-Miami playing to a 1-1 draw, and we will see you Saturday night on Sports Radio 92.9. The game. You've been listening to MLS action of our Atlanta United. Tune in for complete match day coverage all season long. The home for our Atlanta United is Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.